Hey, hey, everybody. This is JoLynn Bright, also known as JLB in the house. Welcome to HopeNet Studio 2501 podcast, conversation about mental health and wellness. And we're so glad that once again, you have decided to join us, or for some of you, it's your first time ever. And in our series, Uh, is back in the house and on today's episode we're bringing to you someone who spent a little bit of her life in the engagement area of HopeNet and so we're pleased to have Miss Victoria McClure here with us and Victoria thank you for being here yes thank you for having me we've already had too much fun um, so we got to act like we got to bring it in, or maybe we don't. Maybe we no. don't have to bring it in. We can just just we'll bring them it. into it. Yeah, we yes. just had um, maybe just the mental health thing. Maybe we should talk about the mental health thing in cereal. So Victoria and I just <laughs> had a long conversation about the different kinds of cereals yes. <laughs> in her cabinet. Yes. But um, we'll tie that in somehow, some way. There we go. Okay. Yeah. About how does that help our folks? But. Um, First of all, we just want to say thank you again and again. You know, when people that we've known forever and they say yes to us, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, thanks. I knew you'd say yes, Mm -hmm. but it's a big deal that you said yes, that you'd come back in the house and see how things have changed. You you know what? You should share what you you shared down the hallway not too long ago. Yeah, I was uh, just talking with Joe Lynn and some of the new employees and also an old friend, mm-hmm. uh, Catherine, mm-hmm. uh, just sharing about how it's unique when you leave a situation or a place like when I left. And I, I want to say it was 2018 and I, I can't remember exactly. So I'm sorry, listeners, <laughs> if I um, have messed that up, not that you'll ever know, but um, <laughs> that when you leave, you just kind of expect things to stay the same. You expect things to continue on, at least similarly to when you left. And so it's just been really neat the last you know couple of times that I've yeah. come back to just see how things have really progressed and how things have changed and just how you guys are pressing forward and pursuing new things. And it's just, it's been really encouraging for me to see. And, and the thing is, I, I was laughing about how Victoria remembers this room we're in right now that is now the studio it used to be my office. So, yes. And there was a famous love seat in here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lots of people have sat on that love seat. It's super comfortable. Yeah, so it's <laughs> been fun. But it is good to, what I told Victoria is like, it was really good to see it through your eyes. You know, like, because we, we've done it step by step. We've, mm-hmm. you know, changed things as the Lord has led us to do things. And just thinking, okay, we're doing the next best thing for the ministry and for the people that we get to serve. And when people come back and you say, oh, that's different. And oh, man, this, you know, like, oh, it is. And so it it helps us to sit back and just kind of breathe for a minute. Yeah, to see all the progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is about you Mm -hmm. and talking to us about lots of things. So I was going down memory lane and thinking about how in the world did Victoria get to HopeNet? How did she even get in the house? Sure. Tell that story. Yeah. So I uh, grew up here in Kansas. Mm -hmm. I won't start too far back. You you can go go as far back as you you can. Yeah, because you're so old. Yeah, you know. You're so old. Yes. Um, So I I grew up, you know, in the Wichita area and... um, but decided that I wanted to go into psychology when I went to college. So I went to I went to school in Illinois, 
and was pursuing psychology. And then I met some of the social work professors mm-hmm. there and fell in love with the profession of social work more than the study of psychology. And that's okay. totally like also I ended up double majoring in both, but just really wanted to be able to help people in both those realms. And my aunt, Daylene, um, the, my soul sister, yes, uh, had been working at HopeNet for a while. And every time I would come home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, um, anytime we got together with the family, she would always say, you know, when you get to the point, if you ever, you know, want to meet some people that work in the field, or you want to talk to, you know, or yeah, if you yeah. need an internship, all those things, she's like, you should really come check us out, really come check us out. And I was always like, okay, like, thanks, Aunt Daily. You know how amps are, yeah. you know, just kind of like, oh, thanks. And, Um, But anyway, so then when it was getting closer to senior year and I needed a field placement, I was looking into some, you know, possibilities Mm -hmm. and she just really, you know, encouraged me to check it out. And so it wasn't that I was hesitant, but so then, you know, she got me connected with you, I believe, directly. But were you thinking about possibly doing internship in Illinois, though? Yes. Yeah. There was a couple of different options, but then I also had a boyfriend back in here in Wichita. (laughs) So there were a couple of things that were encouraging (laughs) coming back to Wichita. It's all, and um, the Lord really worked it out too, where I was able to graduate a semester early, and mm-hmm. so we were able to get married. And then, if I did my field placement here, I'd be able to come back sooner. So there was lots of things leading me back to Wichita. But do you see um, how that is an orchestration? Yeah, that's a divine orchestration. Yeah. No, it's amazing how the Lord really. And I didn't even know I would be able to graduate early until the semester before, mm-hmm. just because I hadn't really thought about it or tried yeah. and then Bryce started talking about marriage a little bit more and we were like how do we work this out and anyway so the Lord really worked all of those pieces out for then to me to be able to come here and do my field placement yeah. and then it wasn't too long after it was only six or seven months that you guys had an opening mm-hmm. but then I came and worked then full-time but let me well. let, no but let me tell the people about oh. I've already <laughs> teased you about this okay. about Miss Victoria so of course everybody here loves Daylene but you know what she was saying to us on this end she was uh-huh. saying I know it's my niece, but I don't want you guys to feel like you just have to do whatever. But you came in. We fell in love with you. That was no big deal. Yeah. It, no matter, it didn't matter what Daylene was saying anymore. <laughs> but I remember that Sam and I interviewed you, uh-huh. and you came stepping up. And I I adore red hair. Okay? Aww. So she is, she is the redhead stepping in the, stepping in the house. And um, she was dressed, you guys, to the nines. And she had on these, it was almost like, was it like burgundy suede shoes? I mean, high heels, okay? Yes. And she yes. had it, she she was working it. Yes. And I'm like, this girl is serious. Uh-huh. <laughs> you should just bring her on. Yeah. But I teased you about that. And by the time we were done, it was like, I hope that you pick us you know it was it was just kind of a no-brainer so that's how you came in in high heels yes she kept wearing wearing them too y'all because the thing is people (laughs) like did she just do that for the interview no No, victoria loves shoes and clothes yes and purses yeah those are comfortable high heels too (laughs) they're the comfort brand okay okay i still got them (laughs) so you came you came on in and um you were a bachelor's level social worker, so yes. the thing is, it was interesting for us because we were so used to bringing on interns that were master level mm-hmm. clinicians. Yeah, and I think you kind of still had a heart like, do I even want to be a therapist one right. day? So this would be a good time to kind of even fill that out. Yes, but you came and just did some really cool things with us. So what did you what did you get to do? Sure. So at first, when I 
Well, when I came as an intern, some of the major things I remember doing um, were intake assessments, mm-hmm. and then I continued to do that on through the, I guess, my short-time career here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the intake appointments were just meeting with the clients before they met with therapists. So. <clears throat> There were mostly new clients that would come in and they would just express interest in seeing therapists. And so then I, among other people, Sam was also doing intakes. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Mr. Sam, maybe someone else too. Might have just been Sam. Um, we're seeing intakes and that we would just meet with them and then it would get our notes and things would get passed on to mm-hmm. then help decide which therapist would be best for them in their situation. And um, those were some really powerful times for me of just really opening my perspective to just all the different types of people in the world and but also the common thread of how we need each other mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what they were coming to look for. There are a lot of common threads that um, such as uh, you know just loneliness seeking you know someone that you shared earlier of looking for someone to get in the boat with you just as you're navigating you know rough waters and that just um, also I think something that's special to the people that were coming to HopeNet too is just the the no insurance option mm-hmm. usually lower income but not, not necessarily always and yeah. um, just the opportunity and accessibility to services that they may not be able to reach other places and I remember there were so many times because I would do rough estimates for them by the yeah. end of their session <laughs> to say like you know this is approximately how much it's going to cost we have to confirm you know with documentation mm-hmm. and things but and sometimes I'd be able to say like yeah and your session's only going to be ten dollars every time you come or sometimes it's 15 or sitting with a professional and they would look at me and their jaw would drop like are you serious like you know that they hadn't heard that anywhere and that was just really cool that that was possible that we were able to serve people in that way so I just remember the intakes really being a big part of um, mm-hmm. That first, yeah, internship. the first, yeah. yeah. And and the thing is that some of our listeners may be saying, like, how in the world? Maybe we should move to Kansas. Do you get a session for ten or fifteen dollars? And and we always, you know, shout out to the people who are passionate about the mission of HopeNet are yeah. our donors that yeah. are generous donors that really mm-hmm. um, stand in the gap with dollars yes. um, to help people. <laughs> Victoria, what it is to me, and especially when I came here, is that we help to bring a service into reach, yeah. you know, where it seems like I could never go to a therapist. I need to talk to somebody, but I could never do that. And we, our donors help us to bring it within reach. Yes. And it's not just, and I think, I don't know if you've ever seen this too, that people you tell it's $10 or $15 and they say, okay, let me see what this is going to be. Is this right. Be, That's is right. This are be, these even real therapists is, is here? Be yeah. 10 or $15. Yeah. yeah. These are professional licensed. Yes counselors and I think people then sink into how blessed the opportunity is and then so anybody listening even right now too that donates or that says oh I want to help with that that people sit and really take it in that it's a blessing to sit with someone who is trained and skilled Mm -hmm. and also just really um is looking for the best for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying that other places don't do that, but sure. it is that sure. piece. I'm going yeah. on and on. Look at me. I'm yeah. going on and on about that because I get worked up. Yeah. No, about. that's great because it's part of the mission and it's, yeah. it's part of it. 
another area I was going to talk about that as uh, I think that I did quite a bit as an intern is um, you guys gave me the opportunity to also go and meet with mm-hmm. other organizations mm-hmm. to learn about all of the other resources yeah. because that was something I remember that you guys as I was being trained that you know even just to answer the front door the, uh, the, the phone of you know good morning thanks for calling HopeNet this is Victoria how can I help you <laughs> yes okay like my answer was never oh sorry we don't do that good luck Mm -hmm. and you know click like that was never the response that you guys wanted me to give Mm -hmm. or anybody that would answer the phone like you guys really encouraged us to know the other resources so like you know someone calls for something that we don't do right to say like hey you know that's not a service we provide but my friend Susie over at you know uh another organization would be happy to talk with you to help, you know, connect you there. And so I think by going and meeting with some of the other resources, learning about Truly Mm -hmm. so that we can work together because, like, no one Mm -mm. service organization Mm -mm. can handle the need in the city. And so that was something that was also really neat to experience. Just the the social aspect, too, of getting Mm -hmm. to know other people with the heart of caring for our same um, people, but also just all of the resources that really are out there. And Mm -hmm. so it's like if you are feeling like there's nobody out there, it's it's worth looking because they're, they're really hard but sometimes they're hard to find because either they're yeah. not well marketed or they're not i don't know or mm-hmm. websites can be unclear right. or not complete or things so it's easier to talk with somebody who's in the field and that is wanting to connect you with some of those things and there's always new things coming mm-hmm. up and so that was another i'm glad you brought part. that up yeah because um when i go speak i tell people it's important to be resource rich, mm-hmm. you know, and how do you do that? And the thing is, we made you, we equipped you in that way mm-hmm. by you going, spending time mm-hmm. with people. So after a while, you don't even have to look in a database. You say, oh, yes, I yeah. know this is what you need. This is who you need to call. Tell them that Victoria at HopeNet told you to call. Yeah. Uh, or whatever. So that at least that there's a, a soft you know, landing yes. there. Yes. So that's really cool. I'm glad that you brought that up. And a lot of times, too, I would even tell them, like, and then you, you get a hold of them, and then you call me back and let me know what they said, you know, to, yeah. to kind of fill in that gap, yeah. too. Because if they feel like, well, they're just handing me off, it's like, no, we are complete. Like, we want to, even if we're not seeing you, like, we would like to make sure that you are taken care of, mm-hmm. kind of helping that, I don't know, that, that transition I'm, process. I'm really glad that you're focusing on, because you for for the people listening to us right now, Victoria and her staff were on the front end. They're 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 the front door first people, first faces mm-hmm. that our clients would see, and so it was really important mm-hmm. um, for you to know that part. And then mm-hmm. being a social worker, bringing mm-hmm. the heart mm-hmm. of social work there. Yeah. And I want you to talk about because that's the engagement part of the house. Sure. Do you remember um, learning and doing Connection Quest? Yes. You know, which is a lot of what you talked about. And that's that piece where you say, I, I'm not just going to give you a phone number or a card and say, go away, wish you luck. Yes. What was that like for you yeah. to sit with somebody? Yeah. So the Connection Quest kind of process started as um, people would call in and maybe they think that they need therapy, but there was just obvious physical more material Mm -hmm. more 
um, things that weren't necessarily more that emotional, mental health side. And, and there's usually that included. Connected, connected it, yes, it's that. usually connected. Yeah. But there were like a lot of physical needs that we noticed that people mm-hmm. were coming to us with. And so we provided Connection Quest was typically a three session, mm-hmm. usually once a week, maybe every other week, depending on the task and things that we would um, develop. But it was essentially... Um, I would meet with individuals that had just like, hey, like, I just struggle to make a budget and Mm -hmm. I keep spending, like, I don't have any money, but I have a good job or this or that. Like, and we would just sit down and navigate things like that. Or even I think I remember helping someone find a more affordable apartment Mm -hmm. and... Oh, I'm trying to think of or, more specific. Or even somewhere to, like, literally, I'm living in my car. Yes. And I need a resource to yes. get up on my feet and find a place. Yeah, so then we, yeah, we would find, we would find resources. Instead of just giving them a phone number, we'd say, like, okay, like, let's sit down. And I had a, you know, a punch phone in the office <laughs> that we would sit and put them on speakerphone and say, like, hey, my name's Victoria. I'm here with so-and-so from HopeNet. We're hoping to, you know, find a place for mm-hmm. them to sleep tonight or, you know, for they're needing food or just different things that maybe you would give them a phone number and the client wouldn't necessarily either know how or be mm-hmm. willing to follow through in that conversation. Um, or they'd get nervous because a lot of people do, you know, or they give up. And So that's that getting to, in the boat again that Dr. Yeah. Paul talked to us about, who's our founder. Yeah, just that, coming yeah. alongside them and helping them make those phone calls and and then also following up with them the next right, week to say, like, right. hey, did you go ahead and go here? And I think we did a lot of um, job um searches and findings and communication mm-hmm. that too I remember doing that with a couple clients of either getting them over to the workforce or just different mm-hmm. things to help them know where to go but also feel like they have a friend cheering them on so I'm just laughing at you do you see me smiling because yeah. you are there you are so back I'm, in the seat I'm, I'm you seeing feel it, it in the yeah. office yes I'm sitting right there and I can see their faces and I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that they're doing okay yeah <laughs> a couple of the clients I remember specifically but and just know that fruit is coming from that, yeah. that whether yeah. you get to see it or not, sure. there is fruit there. And the thing is that we still do connection quests. So, yeah. And the biggest part we didn't say, because we talked about 10 or $15 for therapy or oh, even yeah. coaching, mm-hmm. but connection quest is free. Yes. So up to the three sessions is free. And if they're engaged, we'll even go up another three to yes. do like up to six yeah. for or free just yeah. to, to kind of see them through sure. that. So yes. that's the part, that's the net part of hope net. Yeah. So it's it's that trying to help people to gain some stability in life so that even then they can address some mental health sure. things down the road. But it's hard yeah. to address your mental health if you don't have a place to sleep or right. you don't have food to eat. Right. Th- those kind of things. Yeah. So what else um, did you get to do? Um, while you were here because you supervised the the front so we called it the hub yeah I feel like my job kind of slowly evolved all the way from from intern and then I was off a couple months and then coming back I started just at the front desk I say just at the front Mm -hmm. desk that's a really big job I did not mean just at the front desk Um, you know, answering those first crisis calls, kind of managing the advocates that um, mm-hmm. we would have volunteers come and we had a desk in the front office that they would help us answer the phone and then mm-hmm. help schedule those first intake appointments and just be kind and hospitable to the um, 
to the guests that were here and yes. waiting on their therapists to come and get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so some of the front desk responsibilities also is kind of a security guard thing. <laughs> you know, the, sometimes there are people that would come up and we typically don't let people into the building without an appointment or a, yeah. a, a scheduled, you know, expectation of them being here. And um, so there would be times that we'd have to you know, just kind of navigate, like, you know, mm-hmm. are they really supposed to be here? And just being in this area of town, sometimes we would get some unique characters coming to look for help. And then um, that other organization came yeah. in across the street, and we started getting a lot of people that thought that we, we were, were them. them. And yeah. <laughs> so that was always funny of, like, the we could just kind of tell sometimes the Wait, they, they, they were coming yeah, yeah. for another reason and the anyways so we but they loved it so much and they yeah. were so appreciative and I I was close by that I could hear you guys yeah. sometimes at the front and just being so gracious and kind of saying no you're looking for the place just right back just go sure. down the drive and then you'll you'll their front door yes. around the back so yeah that that was really good to you be know able to do help. that yeah. Uh, and then we also did some finances and things at the front desk too. So as people made their payments, mm-hmm. and we'd have to keep track of who they were and communicate back to the therapist and have them come. And uh, but also just getting to interact with the with the clients because sometimes they would come in and they were so excited to be there. You know, because some some of the clients would tell us that like this is their favorite day of the week. Yeah. And they get to see their <laughs> therapist and they're gonna feel awesome. But then sometimes. You know, they'd just come in and not say anything to you and sit mm-hmm. in the chair. And um, I just always encourage. I always tried myself, and then also encouraged if someone else was at the desk to to just really try and engage them, but to also read and try to give them what they need if they mm-hmm. need, you know, time and space to think about, you know, what they're going to talk about. Like they'll they'll let to, you know. Not trying to have a pre-therapy session, right? In the lobby, right? Because we thing. definitely had a few of those <laughs> at times. <laughs> Um, I remember one time there was a client that um, she brought her kitten with her into the office, and we had to navigate that. She had her little yeah, kitten yeah, in her shirt. Right, yeah. You remember that? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> we had to navigate that. So it's just you never know totally what's going to come in with the clients. And so just trying to be as kind and compassionate and um, loving to them. And I think uh, – just in social work terms, like, you know, making sure that every person feels like they have worth and dignity mm-hmm. and that they are important and welcome here. And yeah, yeah it's just all those things that it's kind of funny because you think you just answer the phone and open the door, but it's so much more than that mm-hmm. up in the front. And, and part of that, I think, was trained into us as too, of just the intentionality has to start at the beginning. Right. So that starts with the phone call. It starts with that first coming into the door and I used to tell people on the phone that showing up for that intake appointment is honestly one of the hardest parts because right. it's that first initial courage. Yeah, yeah so you have to be so brave to walk through my doors now I'm not scary so you know no, I tell, I'm not. like I'm not scary so it's not you know that hard once they get there but like coming in our doors the first time like that is a huge step for a lot of people and I just wanted to try and make that as you know, pleasant of an experience as possible mm-hmm. for them so that they'd want to come back and that they could find healing and yeah. and pursue all those things. So, you know, um, I can see you because you, you know, you're really excellent. And what was it like being the social worker, being trained, mm-hmm. and you're sitting in an intake with someone and you're hearing hard things? Mm-hmm you know, day after day, maybe hour after hour. Mm -hmm. What did that Victoria Mm -hmm. do 
to make sure that she was staying present with the person but also taking care of herself mm -hmm. um, while she's trying to be the helper. Mm -hmm. You know, that was really a learning curve, I think, especially because I felt like I was really young. Not mm -hmm. that I'm that old now, but <laughs> I was really young starting out. And it was my first full-time job, too, in mm -hmm. um, working with, I'm going to say, more adults than me at the time, more yeah. of an adult adult. You know, there were things that, you know, it's really hard to think about how much life different people have lived and how difficult different things have been for other people it just that exist outside of your friends and your bubble and mm -hmm. anyway so at first I think it was a lot more difficult just navigating not also trying to feel with them that that empathy piece because I'm a very empathetic like yes. if I kick the table I'm like oh sorry table like sorry if that hurt you um and so navigating that at first um was definitely more difficult but you get to where you I just I guess I would find a lot of peace knowing that my role in hearing that first 45 minutes to an hour just focusing on my role with them knowing that I have this hour but that I'm not going to be their therapist mm -hmm. like I'm I'm going to continue some care potentially with the connection quest or um you know the front desk engagement areas and kind of that process I will continue on with that part but I feel like I really try to embrace my role with them in okay. that first hour knowing that I trust the therapist that come behind me. Mm -hmm. I trust you know you guys as the leadership to help me care for this individual and I just I guess I really tried to focus on knowing that I was not alone in this care for this person even though I was maybe alone with them in the room, in the room for an at hour. That time. Yeah. And and also I guess kind of a side note we always had those security buttons too that like mm -hmm. I knew that if anything got way out of hand or above what I felt like I could handle I knew I could call any of you mm -hmm. um, my supervisors to come and step in mm -hmm. if if necessary but I don't think I ever had to do that no. I don't remember ever having to do that but um, just knowing that it was really a team effort of mm -hmm. care and that that was my role was that hour um, but there were definitely times that were I'm, I'm thinking of one guy in particular that was very upsetting for me because it um, this also involves some children and his family and different things that was just really upsetting to hear um, that I just remember I would always have to talk with you guys after or Jamie mm -hmm. as my supervisor. So debriefing. Debriefing yeah. was huge. Um, and also I had some advice from one of my uh, social work professors that she would she just talked about how she picked a stoplight um, on her drive home that she allowed herself to think about work and to think about and process her feelings and emotions for the day but then at that stoplight was that transition to like now I'm transitioning home, home. and I'm leaving those things there and we'll take That's care good, so there's kind of that mental switch too is just a, a task that um that I tried to use as well Except mine was like more getting off the highway because there weren't good stoplights. But okay. um, that's a good. I love yeah. that. And even you know, you mentioned that as how you were um, even trying to switch your day from hearing hard things and sitting with people. Some of the people that are listening to us even need to do that in their normal life. Oh, yeah. They say, I don't sit with people like Victoria does or whatever, but I love that when I get off the highway right here or if I stop at this stop sign, mm -hmm. when I go past, go, Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. switching over to my home mode. Yes. I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I have to be careful nowadays from doing intake sessions because I feel like I got really well at separating that. There was, I'm going to tell on myself that there was a, a day, a couple, I'm going to say probably a year ago actually now, there was a, a mom of some teenagers that I worked with at, in our, at my church, yeah. and they were moving. And they were really sad to be moving, and because it was it was for a reason they didn't want it was like a job or something yeah. that mm-hmm. they just didn't want to out leave. of their control. Yeah. And, and this mom who I've never really met before just started sobbing and was talking to me um, because I knew her teenagers and my husband was standing there and she just started really crying in in the lobby at church and I was very cool, calm, and collected and just listening oh. like because of some of the social work mm-hmm. skills of like separating a little bit emotionally and mm-hmm. that. Uh, Bryce had to kind of pat me on the back. He was like, give her a hug. Like, <laughs> like be affectionate. Like, you're not a social worker right now. And I was like, I'm, I'm listening and I'm embracing and I was mm-hmm. caring. But um, so anyway, that was kind of a joke that I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's different level of engagement mm-hmm. as a social worker in an intake appointment versus friends in a Absolutely. church lobby. Um, but so some of that separation even continues on today yeah. in, in different areas. Yeah. But it's, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you were one of our facilitators, co-facilitators yes. for Getting Ahead. Yes. And Getting Ahead is our addictive drug yes. in, in the house <laughs> um, of seeing life transformation in a short mm-hmm. period of time, over 16 yeah. weeks. Can you talk to us about Getting Ahead and even how you ended up being a co-facilitator? Sure. And because that's part of our coaching part. Yeah. So um, we... We pride ourselves on being able to have coaching and counseling in the same house, but getting ahead is, it has a life of its own. So yeah. talk, talk about that a little bit. Sure. So I was first introduced to getting ahead uh, when I was an intern here, and I got to work with the kids, actually, with the clients mm-hmm. that were participating in the regular curriculum. and. I, I start with that because I really tried, and I have a heart for kids ministry. Mm-hmm, I always have. Mm-hmm. I, I love kids ministry. Um, and so the opportunity to do kind of kids ministry slash in the social work setting was just yeah. really cool. Of Like I would try to look at the lessons for the adults that week and at least try to come up with one thing mm-hmm. every week to kind of bring in the same like lessons or topics um and it was you know they talk a lot about money and finances and different things so I would try to bring in things about money or talk about debt but they were so little that (laughs) it was just interesting like it would be like I I think one week I remember trying to you know get the conversation going of like okay like I um will give you one piece of candy Mm -hmm. but in 30 minutes I need you to, you have to give me two pieces of candy. Okay. And they would be like, well, how am I supposed to get the other piece of candy if you only give me one piece of candy? And then if, well, what if I eat it? You know, and some of those conversations of like, okay, like that's kind of what happens. Like if we take out aggressive loans or things, you know, and I broke it down like smaller than with the kids. But anyways, we also tried to be intentional with the getting ahead kids too, Mm -hmm. so that maybe they would have something to share with their parents on the ride home. Yeah. Um, And so we started there. We also just played lots of games and colored and things. So. Um, but then it seems like the next year or so there was some transition and um, I was offered the opportunity to step in with Sam mm-hmm. to help 
co-lead and I really feel like he was more of the the primary leader he was an expert at that yes he loved the leading and so I really helped more with coordinating all of the meals because we provide a meal Mm -hmm. each week for the participants and their children children. Um, so that's super cool because and it's free childcare. Yeah, free childcare and, and a free meal and a leftovers. 20, well, there's a stipend too. Oh like yes, a, it's twenty dollars, twenty five dollars every week. Yes, you so know. they get rewarded for coming in mm-hmm. lots of ways. Um, and so I would coordinate, like, trying to get volunteers to bring meals, um, which they're still doing. If yes. you happen to be interested, <laughs> a slight plug. Um, and I am actually am bringing a meal now that I'm not facilitating yeah. bringing a meal in December. Thank so you, excited Ms. to Victoria. see. Yeah, so that'll be fun to see. Um, but, yeah, so coordinating the meals, getting all that set up, which is a lot for mm-hmm. 25 to 35-ish people. people, depending on the kids, um, each week. So that was a lot. And remember, we, like you talked about, we were doing uh, our space that was in the back lobby. Yes, we had to move the rolling, tables. Rolling ta- <laughs> thank, thank God for rolling tables. Yes. Rolling tables back and forth yes. um, to, so everybody could eat together and then putting them back and all of that yes. every week for 16 weeks. Yeah, which was such a sweet time, too, because the meal just really... One, it talks about what we talked about earlier too it meets one of those lower hierarchy of needs of like with a full tummy mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to listen yes. you know when you're not constantly yes. thinking about well I should have made dinner or we didn't have time to eat it and blah, 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 you know whatever you're rushing and yeah. yeah um and so that just helps relieve some of the mind to be able to focus on the curriculum and things too mm-hmm. and so um and then after that year then I kind of became more of the lead <laughs> And we had a co-facilitator, too, that um, was actually a previous client of mine. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. Um, And so that was super cool to have someone that had graduated the... From getting ahead. From getting ahead come back and to say, like... That's fruit. You can do it. There's fruit, you know. Um, And so those were just really sweet times of hanging out and talking through them. All that mm-hmm. stuff. Lots of whiteboard drawing and conversations and making posters of all the... Make, make it... Some people, like, a lot of our um, people who support HopeNet, they really love that part about getting ahead. So yeah. for people who are saying, what in the world is getting ahead? You know, Phil Duvall, um, AHA process, all mm-hmm. of that. Like, what, what in the world is getting ahead in a getting by world like what mm-hmm. what are some key things that people walked away with that we would see them being trans transformed week by week sometimes they got mad you sure. know yeah. like week four or five like all these new truths yes. i think that are being revealed to them yeah and then then adjusting and becoming community and helping each other and all that but what what in the world is getting ahead like what are yeah. the things that are lift some things out for us sure um some of the first things that come to mind just the title itself of getting ahead in a getting by world mm-hmm. um so many people from day to day would say i'm doing what it takes to get by yeah today i'm just getting by mm-hmm. how are you doing i'm getting by you know <laughs> yeah. um and that is a mindset that is addressed in the getting ahead curriculum it's mm-hmm. a big focus of um one of the main terms that they use in is the tyranny of the moment yes and it just talks about how our 
and it plays into the mental health too, but just how the urgent mm-hmm. usually feels more pressing than the important. Oh, um, that's good. And so it's like things take up all your time and your focus and your energy because it feels like it's urgent rather than taking a step back and saying like, okay, like, yes, this is urgent, but like, what is the most important Mm -hmm. that I need to do today? And like, can that actually wait Wait. an hour or can Mm -hmm. somebody else uh, help? Can can I delegate? Can I, instead of just becoming overstimulated and Mm -hmm. losing track and then not getting much of anything accomplished, um, so the tyranny of the moment is a big concept that they address and just addressing that mental health like mm-hmm. side of stepping back and refocusing. The thing that always gets me, like I remember taking, um, you know, Ruby Payne, uh, Bridges Out of Poverty, mm-hmm. was that there's that, that like a, a, an assessment. I call mm-hmm. it a test to yes. like the different classes, whether that's to be under resourced, mm-hmm. you know, adequately resourced mm-hmm. or over resourced. Mm-hmm. So the poor, the middle class, and the the, the wealthy or yeah. the rich. Yeah. And just the different rules yeah. that apply to the different classes, like them learning about that. Yeah. That was huge. Yes. Yeah. There's definitely, there's one of the, yeah, a main section of the book. It's, really focuses on like helping to explain the different perspectives of each of those classes so it's like um I think one of the examples that I think about most often now when I like will either go out to eat or you know focus on something it gives the example of um someone that is under-resourced or living in poverty you know what they prioritize about food is the amount right and then the middle class would maybe prefer I believe it's more they they think more about the quality Mm -hmm. how does it taste yes and then the wealthy or rich or whatever you want to say is more focused on presentation how does it look how is it aesthetic yeah um and that's just one of the many rules that it kind of addresses I know um but it's interesting I'm like I wonder you know how am I how am I thinking about my food right, how am I right. you know thinking about these different things and like you know even automobiles or homes mm-hmm. or you know even decor styles or things that how people think about things is just so different depending on like that culture that mm-hmm. you're, you're growing yeah because in, it, it, so. did, it didn't happen the day you showed up in the class that you decided I'm going to be a poor middle class or, or wealthy right. but it's like from growing up, all that thinking is, you know, like I said, who even thinks about that? Like, who do I think about? Do I have enough? Do I think about, is it good quality? Do I think about, is it pretty? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but the participants get to, which we call them investigators. Yes. Yes. So they're investigating poverty. Yes. And so um, gives them time to slow down, stop, think of, let's think about that. Yeah. Do you, do you really want the food to be pretty or do you want it to be enough? And right. them answering that for themselves. And then that, how do I move forward? Right. Yeah. And some of that I think is, it's also kind of revealing for them. That, and that's part of the, the, you talked about, it kind of upsets them sometimes to think about like, well, that is how I think about things. And they realize that maybe I do live in a poverty mindset mm-hmm. more than the actual fact of my my financial situation Mm -hmm. like 
thinking about like being how you can middle change class, your, but thinking having a poverty mindset. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yes. So it's like addressing that mindset towards different things, and a lot of times it does actually have to do right. with money too. But right. the, that mental, like how you look at things, is so important for them too. Mm-hmm. So we just spend hours talking about different theories and concepts and things that they they discuss and they're like well what and, and not everyone agrees on them mm-hmm. and right. you know and you know especially we get to the section that it's like well what what causes poverty mm-hmm. well there's lots of opinions on that you know right. especially you know just from different investigators mm-hmm. as they're figuring that all out and um so yeah it's what did what really did you unique. see because i want to make sure because i i've been to i think i've been to all your graduations yes. of getting party. ahead and so the, the party it's yeah that, you know yeah. and man you, you better bring some kleenex because yeah. the people that came in week one mm-hmm. have been transformed mm-hmm. by week 16 like almost non-fail yeah so what are the things as the co-facilitator did you see on graduation night like you got to be in the room with them walking this out like what are some like maybe um key transitions people made or Mm -hmm. what resources did they discover along Mm -hmm. the way yeah um i think the first thing that comes to mind is just the word confidence oh wow i think i see a huge transformation in the the people like you said that walk in that first week Mm -hmm. versus when they give their little speeches at the end of like things that stood out to them or what made a difference for them and Mm -hmm. um I remember specifically there's one lady that um she had just talked about she didn't realize that you could ask your boss for a salary raise Mm -hmm. that you know depending on your life situation if you have you know that you could go to your boss and it what the worst they could say is no, no, you know, in that she was actually able to get a pretty significant raise, like through the process, because she didn't even know that you could go and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everyone in the group like encouraged or gave her the things having to the say. confidence to do yeah, it. Yeah, and she had the confidence to go and do that. And so, I know for her, like that, that, that was just a huge thing to like, I can address this in my life. I am not stuck, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I, so, anyway, I, I think that. that that confidence, like hearing them all say like hey like yeah like you know getting ahead this is over but it's not like Mm -hmm. that I have the skills now to keep addressing some of these things that are holding me back or Mm -hmm. getting me down or you know that they feel like the odds are against me um that they just have more of the skills to be able to so increase skills even just to have more conversations about those same topics you know, to other people of, mm-hmm. and, and helping their friends and referring their friends to the Getting Ahead program. And, and you know, I would, as you were talking, I, I'm thinking about our listeners and I'm saying, we need to tell them that this isn't just unique and unique program to HopeNet. Yeah. Um, this, this is a worldwide thing. I mean, yeah. in the United States, you can yes. find getting ahead classes, hopefully in your community or somewhere nearby. Yeah. So it's not just here, but it's one of our bedrocks yes. that we really believe that people benefit from that and they are transformed because I, we're in the business of helping people to transform their lives. Yeah. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Absolutely. 
Man, I'm all pumped now because um, as we're talking right now, we have two Getting Ahead classes going on in the building on Monday and Tuesday night, which is really cool and impacting probably over 20 kids, you know. So you probably would not want to be doing the child child care care, right now. (laughs) But we, Monday night especially is a jumping night here in the house. But I want to get ready just to bring this home for everybody because it's like if, if Victoria is not there anymore and she did all these exciting things, where in the world is she now? Yeah. And what is she doing? And what does the future hold for her? Because she is a social worker yeah. by heart. Yeah. But what in the world is going on yeah. with her? Please yeah. share. Okay. Uh, you know, so um, it's actually kind of unique. When I left HopeNet, I took some time just off in general. Um and I started a photography business. Yes. And so my husband and I do <laughs> photography and videography professionally now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we mainly do weddings, but we're working with some small businesses and um, also just lots of family and yeah. newborn and kind of random. It started as a hobby, but it was a good way to make some wow. side money. And it's actually, the Lord has really blessed it. And um, I've been able to, I've done some of the marketing pictures for my home church and just different mm-hmm. things coming alongside just missions that I believe in. And so that kind of started taking up some of my time. And then I started working at the downtown YMCA. Oh, well, yeah. For about a year, actually, um, which was unique, like bring tying it into the social work, because I really just kind of wanted a job that got me out of the house so I could work on my photography business. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the downtown YMCA was a really unique experience because being in the downtown, mm-hmm. I actually had the opportunity to do a lot of social work with different clients. Wow. Or I say clients with different members or people mm-hmm. that would come in. And I remember <laughs> I actually sat down at the membership desk with a man who um, was living out of his vehicle and needed help finding a home. And I helped him find some apartment options. Okay, and he ended up chills, living in, yeah. you know, there's just different things. I feel like the Lord has continued to use my social work skills, even though I'm not like in a sit down mm-hmm. BSW job, yeah. you know. Um, Bachelor of Social Work. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Um, so not, I'm not working in any official social work context right now, but um, it is cool how the Lord has continued to use my skills and do that. Mm-hmm. And then now, after Uh-oh. I decided, well, <laughs> so that was like probably a year ago. And um, so then we decided to start a family. Mm-hmm. And so I've had a son. Yay. He's an adorable little redhead. Redhead, yes. Yes, he's 13 months now. So we just had a big old birthday party mm-hmm. for his one happy camper. Yes. was the theme. And <laughs> I have just, I've truly enjoyed being a mom more than I really thought I would. Mm. I mean, I knew I would love my son, but I've really enjoyed the intentionality of just the opportunity to raise a little human and to invest in him and to hopefully raise him to just be a God-honoring man. And um, so I'm really taking my mom job seriously. Okay. Um, I'm also volunteering at my church with, I still, when I was working here, I had a small group yeah. and they were probably seventh or eighth graders at the yes. time and now they're yes. juniors in high oh, school. Oh, you're still? Still with the same group. Good. Yeah. So I meet with them on Sundays and Wednesdays and that's just been really, it's been a really cool opportunity because they're really Good. turning into young women and starting to pursue, you know, kind of the next stage of life and so. You know, I just, you said something, so I'm going to underline this word that I wrote down earlier. You said, I just really embraced my role mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. and I felt supported in that to yeah. do that. And you circled back around uh-huh. and 
that word is coming again, like embracing the role mm-hmm. of being a mom yeah. and raising my son. So maybe yeah. that's just your, I'm, I'm going to give you as that, that's your yeah, word. I love it. I love that. So, so I mainly spend my time either at our church or with my son and got a couple mommy friends I hang out with a lot during okay. the week so really just kind of flexible these days and trying to be open to what the mm-hmm. Lord has for me but also just raising my son <laughs> so I don't even know like even if it was 2018 that you were here and now we're like when we're recording this right now it's yeah. like four years later so if we just you know lift it out four years chunk of your life uh-huh. And you see all that's happened. Would you ever have imagined, you know, working somewhere, leaving somewhere, being married, having a child? Yeah. You know what I mean? A a photography business. Wowza. In four four years. Yeah. That's in the middle of a pandemic. In the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) That yeah. Yes. So so what is um what does Miss Victoria hope for in in the future i mean if you i mean it's probably not going to turn out sure sure (laughs) and i I don't mean that bad but like like, but what what do you see sure ahead you know i think and i don't mean to repeat myself but i just um there's been a book that i've been listening to about motherhood and different things that i Mm -hmm. For the foreseeable future, I feel like my heart and my mind is just really set on, and I know there are no perfect moms there, you know, and I'm not even trying to be, mm-hmm. but I just really feel like the Lord has blessed me with the opportunity to to be a mother, and to I just mom, want yeah. to, I want to do that as well as I can, and okay. so I feel like, at least for the foreseeable future, that just kind of focusing on my family and mm-hmm. In my, in my home church, my local church, and my neighbors we've been connecting with and, you know, just different things of trying to build a very organic, like, circle of just community okay. around me. and um, But I definitely miss, like, social work at times. And, but I'm doing but social you're doing work with it, my yeah. son. Yeah. It's like uh, I sometimes I miss maybe having a social work job right. or assignment. Yes. But God's use it sounds like he's using those skills in yeah. so many different places yes that's really cool yeah no and I, re- I really feel like he has and so I don't really have I'd say like super substantial dreams <laughs> or like you know of the of the near future well, so I think it's an interesting question dream yes yes so I mean I think we want to have more eventually but not sure when mm-hmm. so I just I feel like over the last couple of years I've really trusted just learn to trust like the Lord like you you said earlier of like just mm-hmm. doing the next best thing mm-hmm. yeah. the next I got next that from right your thing. from your auntie Miss Dean oh really she just said that to me a couple of weeks ago yes. like I'm just trying to do the next the best next thing the next best right thing, thing. Yes. yes yeah yeah so I think I just trust that the Lord's gonna take me where he wants me and mm-hmm. yeah you know we we do bring you on to have a conversation about mental health and wellness as you are embracing your role mm-hmm. as as a mom, sure, and feeling that that even call to that to yeah. really do that well, mm-hmm. what's what's been helpful for you? Yeah, um, or what have you discovered um, once you've maybe been overwhelmed or something? What's been helpful to you 
to continue practicing or begin practicing mm-hmm. just to stay in a really great place mm-hmm. for your husband and for your child. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been really intentional of trying to find friends that are in the same walk mm-hmm. of life or at least close to it. Um, and so I have a handful of actually my best friends. We all had babies within okay. like four ish months of each other. Okay. So Matt, but they're all girls too. So poor Mavericks, all his friends oh, are man. little girls and they're cute and I love them. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but we've got to get some other testosterone yeah. around this guy. But um, for now, it doesn't matter too mm-hmm. much. But um, that has been really encouraging because I have some friends that are really strong in their faith and very encouraging and also trying to be intentional in motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I actually, it's funny that you ask because I have really felt led to this being kind of a new area of ministry for me too, just mm. as an individual of like of young moms or first time moms yeah. slash moms with really small children. Um, I've been a part of a MOPS program yeah. um, and I enjoyed that, but it was really structured for me. So it, it just didn't. I don't know. I gave up my spot so that there, because there were other people that needed different spots. And Maverick was so little, it wasn't really working out for me, anyways. But um, I've just found that, you know, I don't know. I think there are needs for young stay at home moms mm-hmm. that I'm navigating with the Lord of like what I could do to help create okay. an, an environment or space or. Um, there's some different Bible studies or things that I've thought about, you know, starting and just mm-hmm. being open-ended for people to come and join. And um, so I guess, sorry, that was kind of a tangent. No, um, that's But fine. for um, just the mental health, I think just being intentional and continuing to learn about parenthood because it's like, I mean, he's only one years old. I've got a lot of time before I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. have, you know, some some types of parenting or still parenting now, but just some of the disciplinaries and then how do you disciple them and how Mm -hmm. do you, you know, just kind of focusing on continuing to learn, I think helps me mentally stay motivated and not, um, I don't know, not lose to lose that motivation of, because it's really easy just to sit on the couch and let him Mm -hmm. play with his toys by himself. You know, that's the easy Mm -hmm. thing to do. It's like, or I can get down on the ground and I can play with his Legos and tell him, that this is a yellow Lego yes. and this is a red Lego yeah. and you know some of those things it's just that level of intentionality and finding encouragement in that mm-hmm. and you know I, lo- I, I love all that you've said because it's it keeps on reminding me of who you are mm-hmm. you know like we may say you're a social worker at heart yeah but I just hear it oozing out of you but I think just in this past couple of minutes you've really spoken to some some moms yeah. some young moms yeah not everybody has the opportunity sure to stay at home yeah and, the, and so I believe that there was a, a niche of women that you were just talking to yeah. and just saying I'm being intentional yeah about motherhood yeah I am intentionally finding friends that sure. are in the same stage you know yeah. of life as me and in the same walk and continuing to be a learner. Yeah. I just want to learn along the way. Yeah. We can all grab a hold of, of that. So sure. that's really good. Yeah. Because you're not in the house anymore yes. and um, in a social work job sure. assignment, <laughs> um, I know Victoria, and I'm going to ask you a question that I've asked several people that have come to the microphone. It's just if you can just offer words of hope for. Yeah anybody our listeners 
um, whatever comes to your mind, sure. what in the world would you offer to us today? Yeah. Well, I think maybe the first that, and it might just because it's the last thing we were talking about, but I think just talking to moms who mm-hmm. may be feeling alone yeah. or maybe feeling lack of motivation. Yeah. And those days come. Mm-hmm. You have those days. Because sometimes but, you don't want to look at the red Lego. Yeah, yeah. you don't. And that, <laughs> and that happens. Yeah. Um, but I guess my some hope would be that the days are long, but the years are short. Mm. And that's a quote from my pastor, so I can't, I don't claim, claim that. Um, but I would just encourage anyone to press on, um, to try to learn about what they're feeling, um, motivated towards and, um, that the Lord will lead each, each step. Yeah. that there are people that are willing to come alongside you, it may just be difficult to find. Mm. Um, but to not give up okay. on trying to find that. And that I'm willing to be that friend for anyone listening that that needs a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, we're not going to send out your um, phone number to 65,000 people across <laughs> the world. But I would say that if you, if this is speaking to you, and um, you you want somebody to be a friend like Victoria, call HopeNet and get in touch with JLB mm-hmm. and say, um, that Victoria girl, <laughs> I, I she there's some things she said that resonated with me. Can I get in touch with her? And then I'll coordinate that. Yeah, is that fair? That'd be great. Okay. That'd be great. So, man, this is, man, I'm, I'm writing, writing slow and then, whoa, it's all filled <laughs> up. Okay. And I have just really enjoyed just... I, I've enjoyed hearing about that side of the house sure. again. Yeah. And you did such a great job of just letting our listeners know. So um, bless you. Thank, Thank you. you for being here yeah, thanks for again. Having me. And a shout out to Bryce. Okay. Yes. We, we don't want you to think that I thought I forgot about you because we're buds. <laughs> um, and thank you for loaning Victoria to us um, and Maverick, loaning your mommy to us uh-huh. for this little period of time. So thank you again. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. And to our listeners, we're getting ready to sign out. Thank you for listening today. Um, We're trusting and believing that there were nuggets that you can lift. If you need more information about anything that Victoria mentioned today, please don't hesitate to call HopeNet. But other than that, please remember that the days are long, but the years are short. Invest. 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 Bless you. And we're signing out. JLB in the house. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Studio 2501, conversations about mental health and wellness. Studio 2501 is hosted by JoLynn Bright. JoLynn is HopeNet's Director of Community Impact, a published author, and has been a licensed clinical therapist for over 20 years. This podcast is owned and operated by HopeNet in Wichita, Kansas. HopeNet is a faith-based nonprofit providing a wide range of mental health and wellness services, including counseling, life coaching, and trainings. For more information on us and how you can help, visit hopenetwichita.org and follow us on social media at HopeNet Wichita. Thank you.